Canines are our passion. They are our addiction. They are our way of life right down to the very core. And without them, we would be lost. The canines of this world really are something to behold. They assist us at work. They accompany us at home. And they perform for us in the field. No matter where we go, they are by our side. Canines really are a ride or die. And for that, we are grateful. This podcast will showcase working canines of various breeds and disciplines as we search for those canines and their handlers who are always striving to be the best at what they do. Those who are always grinding. Those who are always pushing the limits. Those who are always dogging. Join us on our adventures as it is sure to be a wild ride. I'm your host, Bryce Matthews. And I'm your co-host, Stephen Basham. And And this... This is Semper Dogging. God bless it. I tell you what, you guys are rough on a guy. You know that? You're rough on a guy. Oh, yeah. We know. Never, 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 never. We all say that. We're coon hunters. My dog's never done that. Lane, has your dog ever done something dumb and you said, my dog's never done that? Hey, man, all the time. All the time. I'd be, I'd be lying to you if, if I was said that they didn't. The worst the worst part of all of that is when you go, man, he ain't never done that. And you know darn good and well that yep. everybody's looking at you thinking you're a liar. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's like why I'm over mine. That tall. That's when mine does. And I'm like, yeah, he's junk. He does this all the time. Yeah. They pat him on the head a couple of times. Well, it's a good thing I already hit the record button now, so everybody knows when Stephen Basham says, my dog has never done that, they know he's a liar. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, welcome, welcome, welcome to the first official Simper Doggin' podcast, where we have another guest on here. Uh, If you guys tuned in to our last episode, you heard it was just me and Basham cutting up shooting the crap, just talking to you guys kind of about where this podcast is going to be heading. We're super glad that you're joining us. Uh, If you guys have followed along for any time with me on the Deep and Lonely podcast, I sure enough appreciate you for that. And I'm hoping that by adding a co-host on here, adding somebody else who's knowledgeable about hounds, canines, dog sports, that this podcast is going to go to new heights. It's going to go to new levels. And you guys are going to be able to get all kinds of content uh, th- that's just different from what you're getting. It's it's not so mundane. Um, it's not focused on one niche deal, and and that's kind of what we're we're hoping to do here. So to start things off right, though, we have recruited a guest today from the southern half. Well, I don't know. Are you southern? Are you more southern or more western? So I'm in I'm in northeast Oklahoma. So if you want to call that the Midwest part of the states, I don't know where you call it. I'm out here in the middle of nowhere, really. A do, legend. Do do you do you follow the Midwest versus everybody on Facebook? Do those memes I apply don't. to you? I I man, I don't. I don't follow that. I'm about to check it out. I guess is it? I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Oh, it's great. It's great memes all about the Midwest. And so, I mean, I, that's how I usually can tell if somebody's Midwest or not. Do the memes apply to you or not? So you're gonna have to check yeah, it out. I don't know. I'll uh, I'll check that out and I'll get back with you on that one. I think we're behind the times on the memes. <laughs> 
Guys, well, if you haven't recognized that voice before, you're going to know it after this podcast. That is the familiar voice of Mr. Lane Denny from Oklahoma. Lane, how are you today, brother? Man, I'm good. How are you guys? I can't complain. Bash them? What's going on in your end of the world? Little, little under the weather, but uh, hey, you got to fight through it. Suck it up, buttercup. I know. That's what I always tell you. I know. You tell me that all the time. We'll be out hunting, and Bryce will go, oh, man. Let's let's just load them up. Let's just go home. I'll be like, suck it up, Buttercup. Let's go. Oh man, Lane, what what are you working on right now? What what what's your project? We're we're gonna get into what you your has beens and and what you've been winning with. But what do, what do you got going on right now? Man, uh, I'm hunting. Uh, I've got an 11 month old pup off a shop, and uh, his this pup's mama's off a Zeb three and Hoochie Mama. Um, we call him Juice. Uh, I'm partners with him on a man. Uh, Mike Reed is his name. Mike has started this puppy. So I think he started training coons about five and a half months old. And um, I recently got him probably about three weeks ago. And just been hunting him pretty hard and really trying to, it's crazy to say this, but, you know, trying to uh, kind of get him ready for this spring coming up. And He's a fall. He'll be a fall one-year-old. So I've just been pleasure hunting him and pleasure hunting shot. And I've got another puppy off a shop that's uh be a half sibling to this male pup that i've been hunting and really just pleasure hunting them pups and and uh trying to get them right really yeah i'm we're gonna dive into that here in a little bit because one thing that i do want to pick your brain on is is shot and not so much what he's won because if anybody knows anything about coon hunting competition coon hunting they know what he's won but i want to get into how you pleasure hunted him last winter because I believe you went through a little spell there where you said you just got back to the basics with him and, and did some pleasure hunting, if I if I remember correctly. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, man. We had to hit the reset button on him. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, if you haven't before, uh, Lane has been on several podcasts. This is not his first podcast. This ain't his first rodeo. So what we don't like to do, we don't like to talk about the same stuff everybody talked about. But we still need to know who Lane is if you haven't ever heard him before. And we appreciate you, you know, tuning into our podcast to get the info. So, Lane, give us a just a brief description, who you are, where you're from, when you started coon hunting, and then we're going to start, you know, just building this building this up to where we are today. Yeah, man, I, uh, I'm i 27 now, I guess. Uh, it's crazy to think <laughs> that. I don't even know how old I am. But, yeah, I'm Lane's got to think about how old he is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's when you know you're getting old. But... 27, live in uh, Oklahoma, the northeast part of the state. Um, married to a pretty good woman. Got to shout her out. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, I'm just just, uh, just a simple guy. I'm a diesel mechanic for a living. Uh, I don't coon hunt for a living. A lot of people think I do. You know, a lot of people think, man, you know, just he hunt for a living. No, I don't. I, I still work from 9 to 5, you know. I got banker hours, thankfully. I work for my brother. But, um but yeah, man, I'm just just a simple guy, I guess. Well, when when did you get into the coon hunting thing? Is this something that it has always been? Did you grow up doing it? Did you get into it in your teen years? When did you get into it? Yeah, so actually, my dad got me into it. Um, just a quick little backstory. Uh, my dad done it growing up. He he just had pleasure hounds, you know, man. They'd run deer, tree pot. They're just crazy. I mean, they might tree a coon every once in a while, you know, but. Um, so my mom's family and my dad's family is kind of family friends and they kind of live, they grew up just a couple miles from each other. But my dad, when he was in high school, he would 
like through the woods, it was like three miles from my mom's house and he'd turn them dogs loose. And of course, back then, you know, his dogs, they wouldn't go hunting hardly. They'd kind of hunt around him. Well, he'd walk all the way to my mom's house and shoot, well, shoot whatever they'd treat, possums, coons, you know, whatever. Uh, and, uh, and then he'd hunt all the way home. But so my dad got me into it when I was 12. Uh, he bought me a couple pups and, uh, man, my brother got into it with me. My brother's nine years older than me, but he got into it with me too. And, but we started them two pups and, and, uh, I'll be honest with you, man, the rest is history. Uh, you know, it's, it's crazy. The first time that I ever went, I just knew that I'd be doing this as long as I was able to walk, man, I, I'll be coon hunting. And I knew that it was just, it was hook, line and sinker. It was just something that, that I guess it was a bug that bit me. You know, I guess it was kind of like a drug for a drug addict, you know, but, um, I've just been doing it ever since, man. It's an addiction for sure. I mean, I, I can agree with that. Like the first time I really went coon hunt was in college and uh, it, addiction, like, like you said, I knew from the right then and there, like, okay, this is what I want to do. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm getting a late start on this, but this is what I'm going to do. Um, it's kind of crazy. You just, when a bug bites you, it's there. Oh, a- absolutely. Absolutely. I-, I think it's one of them deals where you either got it or you don't, you know what I mean? Um, you know, and it's, I think coon hunting is unlike anything else. Once you do it and you love it, there might be a time in your life where you might grow away from it, go to college or whatever, you know, but man, you'll always find yourself back at it. And, and that's kind of something I did too. Uh, when I went to college, uh, I thought, man, I'm going to sell my stuff. And, uh, so anyways, I kept my dog, I kept Emmy and, uh, I sold my box. I sold my rifle, I sold everything. And, and, uh, long story short, I went to college about 30 minutes, didn't know it at the time, but I went to college about 30 minutes from George Major's house. And, and if, if, if you're a coon hunter, you know who the legend is, you know, George Major's and so anyways, I got, I, I knew who he was obviously, and I didn't know he lived that close, but, um, anyways, I hooked up with him, ended up bringing my dog up and bought all my stuff, bought another Garmin, bought another box. I ended up getting back into it. You know, I was, I was out of it for about three months, I guess. I wasn't out of it very long. But. <laughs> Just enough to upgrade all your equipment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've done that a time or two. Well, guys, what we really want to talk about here is is Emmy, and you heard Lane mention her earlier. You know, that's the dog he had when he was in college, and that's the one thing he didn't sell. I bet you're glad he didn't, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely, man. That dog has been an absolute blessing to me um, and my family, and and everybody that uh, that she is that you know that's hunted her. You know, I've had a couple guys hunt her. Just she's just been an awesome blessing. It's it's unreal. You know, it's crazy to think a way a, the way a coonhound can bless somebody you know and, and do what what she's done for me and my family it's it's crazy it's awesome it's a good deal yeah so spavanaw creek insane emmy where did the spavanaw creek come from is that a creek around your house like i'm guessing yeah so yeah that's uh that was the creek that i grew up coon hunting as a kid that was a that was the creek the very first time i ever went coon hunting was on spavanaw creek um my dad lived – I grew up on a, about a 90-acre farm, I think it was, and it kind of joined the creek there. And, man, we would coon hunt all the way down that creek. And, and uh, so that's kind of where I got my start at. And I've, I've had dogs before her, you know, and um, just, you know, I, I never really named anything like that. I just – whatever was on their papers, I would just put them in my name. I didn't really have a, you know, a, a thing. And 
I got her and man, I just knew she was something special. And, and I thought, man, I, I just want to name her after that, you know, because you know, that, that Creek bottom is, is what, uh, what hooked me into this thing and, and what's really ultimately come to change my life forever, you know? So that's where I got that. And the insane part of it, a lot of people ask me, they're like, well, she off of, you know, insane cane or anything like that. And she, she don't go back to none of that, but when she was a puppy, man, she, she acted insane. Like you could have her tied to the, tied to a truck. And if somebody walked by, you think she's going to eat them alive. Just be underneath the truck growling at them, you know, and just, she was just crazy acting, but really? she grew out of that course, you know, with age, but, um, we just called her that and, and it just kind of stuck with her. So did you get her as a pup, a pup pup? Like, have you done all the training and everything on her? Yeah. Yeah, man. I got her. She was 10 months old when I bought her. Um, I, uh, I got her from a guy that lives not far over here from me and, and, uh, she had actually, just she was natural she treated he hunted her probably three or four nights and i think she treated coon the first night he turned her loose um and uh this guy goes through a lot of dogs he he's not real good about keeping one and and uh i had to you know go back a little bit i had a blue tick yeah i hunted blue ticks believe it or not man we don't need chris uh, powell to hear that goodness gracious i hate to even admit that but no, I had a blue tick and, and he was a good one, man. And I didn't have a tracking system or nothing. I lost him. And I, I just, I just thought it, I mean, it just took the air out of me. I wanted to quit. So I'd been looking for a dog and, and, uh, I had a couple, I'd been through a couple dogs and I even at, at the time I actually had a black and tan and, uh, were you scraping uh, the had, bottom of the barrel or what were you doing here? He was man, singing I, the blues after losing the blue I, tick. Uh, yes, something. I don't know what I had going on. I was at a dark point in my life, I guess you could say. <laughs> well, he was singing the blues, and then he went to a dark place in his life, and he went yeah. to black and tans. <laughs> and I've, I've been all over the board. And then there. he saw the light, and he got a walker. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Some nights I wonder. Some nights I wish I'd have stayed the blue tick pleasure hunter. But, no, I had that black and tan, and I'd heard about this dog, Emmy, and uh, – I hit the guy up and I'm like, Hey, I heard you got a pretty nice Walker female. And, and he's like, man, she's just a puppy. I've just hunted her a couple of times, but she has treated coon. And, and this guy likes trading around on dogs. And I, uh, I said, Hey, I've got a black and tan and the black dog would tree a coon. Um, he, he just, he wasn't nothing like the blue tick I had was, you know? And, and I'm like, Hey, I'll do some swapping with you. So anyways, I traded in that black and tan and $450 for her. And she was a 10 month old puppy. And, I got her and, and, uh, man, the rest is history. I mean, we, we, I went to hunting her and I knew from the first night I turned her loose. Uh, she actually didn't trick coon for me for a little while. At the first night I turned her loose, she run drunk junk. And actually I think she's run a coyote and she got run the coyote into a, into a uh, brush pile. But, um, I just knew, you know, she had heart. Um, you turned her loose with dogs, even as a 10 month old puppy, man, she'd just be over to herself, you know, through there and that's the same way that blue dog was. And I just knew that was the type of hound that I wanted. You know, I knew if I was going to competition hunt, that was the type of hound that I needed to have to compete. And so I just seen that, you know, those tools in her and I just went to hunt her, you know, and, and it, she was all I had. So just me and her and, and man, I, I coon hunted her hard. I, there was, I remember several nights, you know, I would literally go home. I would hunt all night. Um, I'd go home and and take a shower might take an hour nap and get up and go to school you know i mean just you know we and it's just crazy but that's that's how we were we just we was just we hunted you know i hunted the heck out of her but what's she off of 
Uh, she's actually not off anything special. Um, her her daddy's a dog called Gorgeous Gomer. Ronnie uh, Ronnie Patton owns him from Tennessee. Um, and uh, Gomer he goes back to Bulldozer uh, Smith's Bulldozer, and that's they say that's where she gets her color from. The guys that I've kind of talked to about her, because um, you know she's kind of a high tan looking dog. Those that don't haven't ever seen her, but um, and then uh, and then she goes back to uh, uh, James Atwell's. Uh, not, uh, nighttime, that savage dog, and uh, but nothing special. She goes back to rat attack a couple times and maybe nail her a couple times, but nothing, nothing great, you know. Nothing that you'd like, man, you know, that right there, she's bred out of this world, you know. Yeah, sometimes them dogs like that they make the best ones, and buddy, she has proved to be a good one, good one for you. How old is she now? Uh, she is uh, 11, she is 11 years old. Is yeah. she really? Yep, yeah, she's a 2012 model. I'm telling you, I really didn't think she was that old now. Yeah, yeah, she turned 11 in May. Holy cow. Well, that that guys, I'm not going to lie, I'm a little mind-blown right now. That's crazy. So, so you got her, you trained her as a pup, obviously went to hunting her hard, started winning with her. Let's start out in 2014. Anything special happened then? The Simpler Dog and Podcast is proudly presented to you by Froggy Bottom Outdoors. Opening in February of 2024, Froggy Bottom Outdoors is the newest outdoor and hunting supply, habitat management, and livestock feed provider in the Midwest. With a wide variety of products, a unique business model, and a dedicated team of individuals who are eager to provide their customers with an unparalleled shopping experience, you will not have to search any further than Froggy Bottom Outdoors. With brands such as Garmin, Yoder Nylon, Banks Hunting Blinds, Purina Mills, Kalmbach Feeds, Antler King, Anookshook, Real World Products, and many more, Froggy Bottom Outdoors has you covered from the farm to the woods. Visit FroggyBottomOutdoors.com and follow them on Facebook to see how they can help you. Not finding what you're looking for online? No problem. Feel free to give the store a call at 765-330-2098. The team at Froggy Bottom Outdoors is excited to get to know you and will be glad to answer any questions you may have. Remember, Froggy Bottom Outdoors is opening next month February 2024. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, 2014, um, I put her in some hunts and some, you know, open hunts and stuff. And, uh, I, I think I'm pretty sure I won, th- I won a thousand for nationals. Of course, I don't, I don't know in 2014, I don't know how old I was. I, I don't think I was driving yet, but so I would just go to hunts when I could, you know, but I ended up winning her money for nationals and, Took her to the Youth World Hunt and, and found some luck out there and, and uh, got lucky and, and uh, made the final four of that deal and ended up winning it somehow. But um, it's just one of them deals. It was a it was a, she performed good, but we caught some really good breaks along the way. It was just a hunt we was meant to win. I feel like that's what it takes to win. You know that sometimes it's not just about the ability. Sometimes you know you you take a guy that's meant to win something and it just seems like it's like the carpet's rolled out for him, you know, it's, it's Absolutely. Just I, man, I've been on both, both sides of it. I've been on, been in hunts where, you know, I'm thinking there's no way I can possibly lose this cast and, and get blown out of the water, you know, get beat or, or catch a bad break or something. Mm-hmm. And then I've been on casts where I'm like, man, I should not win this cast. Prime example. Um, 
she made the finals of the youth handler showdown the year that she won that we won the youth world hunt i drew a hillbilly deluxe um i drew the awesome dog that won the pkc world hunt a couple years prior to that and the sundown shine female and and here I am hunting a two-year-old young dog, and, and I'm thinking there is absolutely no way that I'm going to win this cast, you know. And uh, anyways, this that was early, and, and uh, she treed two coons, nothing else treated a coon, and we won and went to the final cast of that deal, you know. And it was just, just one of them deals, you know. It was just You just can't ever tell, but I'm like you, Basham. I, I feel like when a guy's meant to win something, there ain't nothing that can stop him, you know. I feel like he's going to catch every stinking break he needs, and and when you're not meant to win, when you're in a slump, it's it's the same way, you know. It's it's this this sport is a sport of of highs and lows. Absolutely, it's it's unreal. It's crazy. It's humbling for sure. It is absolutely, absolutely. That's the best way to describe it. it is it is a very humbling sport. Very humbling. The minute you think you're on top, whew, here yep. comes the axe. I've always told guys, you know, something I've learned. You know, you can hunt as hard as you want to hunt, and you can have one as ready as you think you got it. But that don't you throw all that out the window when you line them up against three other ones and, and cut them loose in the cast. I mean, no. um, especially on the bigger levels because every dog's going to treat coons. I mean, it's just going to be honestly. Some guys like I don't believe in luck, and, and I, I I disagree with them. I feel like you know if whoever get a lot of the times when you turn four good ones loose at the same time, whoever catches a break is more than likely going to win the cast. I mean, one break could win a cast or could lose a cast for somebody. For sure. So, so 2014, you can't even drive yet. You're still hunting this dog like crazy. Go out, you win the youth world champion or the PKC youth world championship next year, 2015, you take her to the CHKC youth world and you put her in the final three of that hunt. Is that luck? Uh, yeah, I think so. (laughs) That's what I'm going to count it to. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, we, we, I just hunted her, man, and, and I had her. She was on a roll. I mean, that goes back to being lucky, I think. You know, when you get on a roll, you better keep going. We won the Youth World Hunt in October, and the following spring was the CHKC Youth World Hunt. And, uh, you know, she looked good out there. She done what she had to do. Um, you know, it was it was good cast, made the final three. Uh, caught a bad break in the final three, honestly, that, I mean, just it could have cost us the world championship, but it is what it is. We ended up third, you know, so – uh, it is what we just blessed to be in the final three of another youth world hunt. It was, it was cool. It, it was a cool experience that, to I, give you a little credit lane. I mean, it's, it's also where, you know, hard work meets luck. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can get lucky, but I mean, there's a lot of hard work that goes into it too. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I just, it's one of them deals. I, I, I've always said this and it don't matter what it is in life in general, but you know, the harder you work, uh, sometimes the luckier you'll get, you know, and, and, uh, just kind of, like you said, I mean, it's, it's, uh, you gotta, you gotta be prepared for whenever, you know, it is your time. I mean, you gotta have, you gotta have your ducks in a row and you gotta be, your work has gotta be put in. I mean, that's, that's 99% of it, in my opinion. I mean, you got, you got to be ready for whenever, whenever you do get lucky and and, uh, catch a few breaks, you know? Yeah, so then it, you didn't stop there in 2015. The Oklahoma State, tell us about that with the UKC. Yeah, so uh, the Oklahoma State UKC hunt was held in Adair, Oklahoma. Um, and uh, so when I was a kid, back up a little bit, got to give a little bit of credit. Uh, Carl Reed, I give Carl Reed half interest in Emmy. He tried 
his like he tried his best to buy her. I knew what, what I had. I didn't want to get rid of her, but he was a great dog man. She was a young dog. I had a lot to learn myself about training dogs. And so I told him, I'm like, I tell you what I'll do, man. I'm like, you know, I've heard nothing but good about you. Um, I'll give you half of her uh, if you want to take her and hunt her and, and help, you know, help me along, you know, just kind of give me pointers here and there. And he hauled us around before we had our license and he took us to Youth World Hunt, um, stuff like that. But it was the state UKC hunt was held at his club. Um, and uh, I believe I was a freshman in college. I had, I had Emmy, I wasn't even hunting her a whole lot yet at this point. I don't think I'd met George yet. I didn't know George lived up there, but I left from college on a Friday and drove down there and uh, got lucky and won my cast uh, both nights. And back then it was, you know, the high scoring double cast winner was your state champion. They didn't have a final cast hunt off or nothing like that, like we do our state hunt now. But we ended up winning our cast both nights and, and uh, ended up winning uh, the Oklahoma State UKC championship. And it was a, it was a cool thing. I'd, I'd, that was a goal that I'd always wanted to win. You know, you see, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's always a big hunt to win. I feel like, I mean, uh and and it was it was a cool experience you know we won a dog box and i've still got that dog box today um i told myself when i won that thing i'm like i'm never gonna get rid of that dog box you know it was it was, it was probably i mean i won sure the youth world hunt uh and that was a cool experience in that plaque but that dog box man i was a kid and i was proud of that thing i loved hauling that dog around in it did you ever put the dog box in the truck that you won I have, yes, yes, I have. Um, but at at that point, uh, the dog box was about wore out, but I still <laughs> used it. <laughs> well, well, walk us through that, man. You went, you went down there to the truck hunt, and I'd be darned if you didn't win that thing with her too. And I vividly remember that picture on ProHound of you and her in on the front cover, right there in the driver's seat, you and old Emmy. Yeah, man, I tell you, it gives me goosebumps right now thinking of that, you know, because. That was a deal. Go back to like bashing them and I we were talking just a second ago. That was a hunt that I 100% was meant to win. Um, that hunt was decided, I feel like, before I even turned my dog loose. And um, I'm not saying that to sound cocky or nothing like that. But it's so we didn't even get a truck ticket that year. Um, we ran for we ran in two months. Uh, we ran in the month of May and then we run for one in the month of September. Both months we missed a truck ticket. The at-large is coming around. We don't get an at-large bid. And I'm thinking, man, maybe we'll be an alternate, you know. And, and so anyways, goes on there, rocks on there. We're not an alternate. Nobody calls us. Literally like three days before the truck hunt, I get a, I'm working at work. I worked for my brother back then too. I was rebuilding the motor, and I sat in the shop floor, and uh, my phone rings, and it was an 812 number. And I'm thinking, I don't know who that is, you know, but. And I just had a feeling. I'm like, man, you better answer that. Well, I don't answer it. And we go on lunch break. I'm like, I'm going to call this whoever it is back. Call him back. And it's Jerry, Jerry Mole. And he worked for PKC at the time. And he said, hey, he's like, uh, 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 Brennan Kalsman's female come into heat. And he just called us, said he's not going to make it. Do you want to come hunt for a new truck? And I said, absolutely, I do. And uh, so, like, three days before the truck hunt, my dog, I'll be 100% honest with you guys, man, I hadn't been hunting her hard. She wasn't – it wasn't like I had her ready, you know, because I, I just lost hope. I'm like, man, I'm not going to get to go hunt the truck hunt, uh, you know, and it's kind of – I think it was kind of a bad winter that year that here, if I remember right. So, I'm like, it is what it is. We'll try again next year. And uh, so, anyways, uh, 
I get off the phone and I go in the office and I ask my brother, I'm like, Hey, can I take off of work Friday? And he's like, why? And I'm like, well, I told him and he said, yeah, man, no problem. He said, go to go in your new truck. And, uh, I told myself, I'm like, man, I, I just, I had a feeling like when I got there, I'm like, man, this is just too much is lined up for me to have to come and hunt for this truck. Like, you know, I feel like this is a blessing sent from God himself. And, and I'm like, if I can, if I can get lucky and win my early round, like I, I feel like I can win this truck and, uh, go early round, man. We, we're, we're had a horrible hunt. A den tree is winning our cast. Emmy's blowed out of the country and it's real hilly where we're hunting at surprisingly. And, uh, uh, Doug Compton's my judge and, and it's winding down there toward the end of the cast of course, my dog showing her treat on the Garmin and, uh, I've got to get to where I can hear her, man. I'm just sick. And it works out to where all these dogs are on the dog lead because I was struck in and uh i'm so the six is working and we're i'm like hey we need to walk to the top of this hill right here so we take off and we're huffing and puffing and doug compton stayed with me the whole way and we get up to the top of this hill and you can hear a treat in there man and uh so anyways i i uh they doug hears them they get cut back loose before i get treated in i was just i was just shocked at the time you know i could even hear and uh i get her treated in and and uh anyways uh we go into her, the hunt runs out as we're getting to her, and, and she's got a coon to advance to the next round. And and that right there, I, I caught some breaks like that to win the youth world hunt, just did kind of a different scenario. So I'm like, man, maybe this is this, maybe this, maybe, maybe this is meant to be. And uh, late round, we had a shootout. Uh, I ended up winning the cast. I think she treed three coons, and I think we treed like seven total. I treed three, another dog treed three, and then another dog treed one. Um, and then we was in the final four, uh, you know, and, and, uh, that was just cool in itself, you know, to be in the final cast of a truck hunt. Um, you know, I just, I just, I think I was just barely old enough to get into the casino. I think I just turned 18 and, uh, but I was, I was in it. Shine Cummins was in the final cast with us and he's a local guy here too, you know, and me and Was, was he hunting Shaq? Yep. He was hunting Shaq. Um, you know, so he, he kind of, kind of calmed my nerves a little bit. Cheyenne, for those that don't know Cheyenne, he's a joker, man. He loves cracking up, joking. And, nice. uh, I remember I was on the phone with Amy Thomas and she was doing my interview and he walks by me and he says, Hey Lane, go ahead and tell her that second place ain't too bad for a kid. And, uh, we just started laughing, you know, and, and, uh, he was just giving me a hard time, but anyways, man, just, just got lucky and, and, uh, won the final cast that thing and won a new truck. It was, it was unbelievable, man. It was, it was a, an experience that I, I didn't think I was ever going to get to achieve again. Um, but you know, God works in amazing ways and, and, uh, you know, he's, he's blessed us, blessed us ultimately again, you know, this last winter, but, uh, it was, it was awesome. It really was. Yeah. So, so you go out there, you win the truck. How old is she when you won the truck? Uh, so it'd been 2018. So she was a six year old. So she's a seasoned, she's a seasoned dog at this point. You know, I really think yeah, she's in yeah. her in her prime at that time. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, she she as a as a one year old, she was she was deadly. She was a very nice dog, and she went she got into heat, um, went through a rough stage. And kind of never found herself again until she was about four and a half. And then when she was four and a half, five, she settled down. And, and uh, man, she she was absolutely – she was the she was the right kind. I mean, she was everything that anybody would have loved to have on the end of their lead. She was one that couldn't ever count out. I don't care 
there's if there was five minutes in a cast and she was off the dog lead, you couldn't count her out as long as she was within striking distance. You know, what what made you keep a hold of her and hunt her through that rough period from one to four and a half? I mean, that's a long time where she d- didn't really have ever find herself again. What what made right. you just hold on to her and not you know if you had guys wanting to buy her, why didn't you just send her down the road and make a little cash? Man, uh, you know I tell you it was it's just one of them deals. I mean I I. I'm a person that kind of gets feelings about things, and I I look for even in the bad, even in the bad, I look for something good. Um, you know, uh, me me, I've grown up as a kid. I played sports. I wasn't ever the fastest or the strongest, but I had the work ethic. And uh, you know, and I I saw that in her. I saw it's crazy, kind of corny to say that, I guess, but I saw her work ethic. I saw the heart she had, and I knew if she would just stick it out with me, um, that uh, you know I could make her make her not really make her but i feel like that she was gonna be that type of dog that was gonna grow into herself again she i was just got to be patient with her and ultimately man it just worked out you know um you know she was she was all i had really at the time and i liked her um i liked even even when she looked bad i liked what she done if that makes sense um she had all the tools that i liked in one i mean uh and and what what her bad thing was is she was just inconsistent i mean she would have nights where she looked pretty good you know but just inconsistent she might make it you know two or three extra trees that she don't need to make um you know and and uh but when she was like i said when she was that you know had a little age on her she settled down and she became more consistent and but i just just ultimately i guess to answer your question i, I just knew like I, I i knew i seen seen the good in her you know and and i was like man i just i can't give up on her yet you know and and so i didn't i just stuck it out and, and it just worked out yeah. You taking notes on that patience thing, Bryce, with you and your pup? But, oh, whew, buddy. <laughs> Woo! I mean, patience, Bryce. Patience. I know. So, so as we're recording this here, it's um, we're recording this on November 30th, and, you know, it's going to be well into January before you guys hear this. But it's a good thing I'm getting ready to be gone for a week starting tomorrow because I think me and her both need a break from each other. Ooh. I'm, I'm leaving hey, tomorrow. Man, tell him again about patience. <laughs> just when, whenever it gets rough, you just gotta gotta rub your ears and say "woosaw, woosaw." <laughs> I'm gonna have to try that because by guy last night it was like freaking 12:30 in the morning, and I'm tromping through the thickest stuff on the reservoir trying to get to this dog, and she struck this track by the road, and buddy, she drove it, and I'm like. Oh, yes, this is going to be a good one. And she let out three big old long balls, make the hair on the back of your neck stand up, and she rolled it over into a chop. Ah, ah, ah. And I mean, I freaking busted brush in there to her. Nothing. Not just nothing. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I was just so let down. I was so, every everything was right. It's like you said, it was supposed to, it was meant to be. The stars were aligning. No, 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 it didn't happen. Look for the good and the bad, Bryce. That's all I can tell you. The good and the bad was I was able to find a better way out than what I took in because it was rough going in. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but no, man, it, it's good that you stuck it out with her because it, it kept going. It went up from there with her. 2019, you accomplished something that I've been wanting to accomplish. Basham's been wanting to accomplish. 99% of the guys in the competition coon hunting are wanting to accomplish you, sir, became the United Kennel Club world champion. Walk us through it. 
man, it was it was cool. Uh, so that year we had the zones um, in uh, Miami, Oklahoma, which is about an hour from me, I guess. Uh, and uh, that was the first time that I'd ever even got a dog, got a cast win at an RQE. That was at the time. That was my goal. I'm like, man, I just want to win a cast at an RQE. I just always had a bad luck, bad luck, bad luck at RQEs. And um, anyways, I, I get her qualified in Gerard, Kansas, and uh, we uh, I go to uh, the zones there at the house. I get to guide, and I won my cast the first night, and uh, uh, I didn't have a very good score. Uh, I cost her. I treated her right up. She was running wide open. Treated her out of the truck. You know, me being the great handler that I am, I treated her out of the truck and <laughs> took a minus. Thank goodness she treated two coons and made up for it. But I knew I, was, I, I knew I was going to have to uh, to win the next night to advance and. Got lucky and treated the only coon we seen the next night. And, uh, you know, we made it to the finals of, of the world hunt for the first time. Going into it, I had no expectations. I was just pumped to be there, you know. I was just excited. And and I thought, man, this is cool, you know. I, I, I First time I ever got a dog to an RQE and I got through the zones. And I was just writing it off to beginner's luck, honestly. I'm like, yeah, we'll probably get beat the first round. But, hey, top 100 ain't bad. And, uh we uh we went our first round uh just another deal man she just kind of like the truck hunt got out of pocket it was hilly believe it or not we was in iowa but we went way out in western iowa and it was hilly and uh she got way out of pocket these other dogs was making trees um nothing had treated coon uh finally get to the top of a hill and in here she's standing in her tree got her struck and treed in um these other dogs end up getting treed too, and but they couldn't beat me if I had a coon, and and uh, I ended up having a coon. Every dog ended up having a coon, but nobody could beat me. And uh, you know, we won early, and I was like, heck yeah, that's cool, you know. And so we we go to the next round there, and and uh, that was back. You had to hunt by yourself, and uh, the guy that Don, I can't think of his last name, but he was the one that guided the finals of the world hunt that year. And, and um, he took me hunting, and she struck an old track and worked it up and got treed and had a coon. And so we got to advance to the next night. And the next night, we drew a really good cast. We drew uh, uh, Dalton. I think Dalton was hunting Shaq. Dalton Cummings was hunting Shaq. Um, Dual Murphy was hunting Piper. And uh, the uh, – I can't remember who was in the – who the other dog in that cast was. That's bad of me. I can't remember that. But um, – we had a we had a good hunt. We uh, it was kind of a controversial deal, you know. The thermals was just coming out. I had a thermal. Um, uh, we I go to my dog handler by herself. She's in one tree in a ditch. There ain't a tree for a quarter of a mile from her. And um, get to her, of course, in UKC back then you couldn't have a you couldn't use a thermal. Get to her, I handler. It's like first twenty minutes of the hunt. Um, I don't shack a tree to circle tree. I know because that before I left the tree, they go score the other. Oh, I know it was Bear Creek. Maggie was the other dog. Maggie and Piper and Shaq, all three got treated together. So they lead to me. I've got a coon. Um, Piper had treated coon in the meantime, and I was getting beat. Um, and anyways, one of them was like, do you have a thermal on you? And uh, I'm like, yeah. Well, the judge, actually, the judge is like, hey, what do you got in your pouches? And I pull out a spotlight, and I'm like, a spotlight? And uh, he's like, what's in that other one? I was like, a thermal? And he's like, and uh, anyways, long story short, I, I hate to even sound dramatic or whatever, but they try to scratch me for having a thermal on me. Um, 
And uh, so we had a cold timeout. Uh, we had to go ball. We was like an hour from the club. We had to go all the way back to the clubhouse. It was a big drawed-out deal. And they didn't scratch me because I didn't use it. And they're like, well, you can't scratch him for having it on him. And uh, so, anyways, we go turn loose again, and I'm getting beat. Uh, uh, Piper trees another coon. Uh, Emmy trees another coon. I'm getting beat uh, on on uh, on. Actually, we're tied. It comes down to the very end of the cast. Me and Duel are tied, but Duel has a circle tree, and I don't. Um, we don't have no minus. It like got down to basically the circle tree was going to win it for Duel. Mine gets treated again with about three minutes left in the cast, and she just kind of trailed one up, you know, and she just got treated. And I knew a circle tree could win it for me because I had more circle points on this deal than, than Duel did. And so I get her treated, and I just want to get her handled. I'm like, hey, we get her handled, this is a done deal, you know. We'll, we'll have to worry about the next round and get her. And, and uh, I didn't think she'd have a coon, to be honest with you, but she had a coon treed. Um, I think that gave me like 575, I think. And back then, you know, they, they had to do a deal where – there was five casts, so the top three, or there were six casts, I guess, or something. I can't remember. Well, anyways, the top three scores would be in the finals, and then there would have to be one late round that night to make up for the fourth dog in the finals. And luckily, we was one of the top three scores, so we automatically advanced to the finals, and which is which was a big important deal to me because at this point, um, she was uh, seven, you know, seven coming eight. And she had been hauled all over the country since she was two years old. And, you know, I mean, anytime you can get lucky and get a buy, so to speak, with an old dog, you got you to gotta take advantage of that. So we made the final cast. And uh, it was it was a nail-biter, man. It was a good cast. And we treated several coons on that cast. Um, Emmy treated uh, two. No, she treated three, but had the bigger part on two of them. Um, and, uh, the ace dog tree three as well, but he ended up taking some tree minus. So we won the cast and, and man walking out of that field. I, I tell you, it was, it was one of them deals. Like, you know, you, you, you know, you won the cast, but it, you was like counting scores again. You're like, man, are you sure that I won this cast? You know, and it was just cool. I mean, it was, uh, it was an experience and a feeling that when I, it was the same type of feeling when I won the truck that I feel like I would never, ever got again, you know, and, and uh you know it was it was cool man it was it was a dream come true i i'll be honest with you i knew winning the ukc world hunt was a big deal but i didn't know it was that big of a deal man i had people want to be my friend from like literally all over the world on facebook that coon hunt you know and and that that squirrel hunt run beagles and run coyote dogs like they all saw it man and it was like i was like man that's little bit bigger of a deal than what i really thought you know it was cool it was a it was a huge blessing yeah, man, that, that's absolutely awesome. So you mentioned she was seven at that time. Did did she ever have a litter of puppies before that? Like, when did you when did you breed her and know that you had something that you wanted to get some pups off of her and get them onto the ground? Yeah, so uh, that's so she won the UKC World Hunt in 2019. And so in 2018, uh, be a, a year exactly before that, uh, we bred her to uh, big money and that's when we got shots litter. Um, so, and that was a litter that man, like when we, when I, I kept, I actually, so shot was Kevin Cable's pick of the litter and I kept the millionaire dog that we'll talk about in a little bit. And I kept a female that was called fit. I called her counterfeit and I kept them too. 
And but yeah, man, that litter, them two puppies that I started, I was like, man, these puppies like act so good. But back up a little bit, we actually bred her as a two-year-old. We bred her to Mafia, Cheyenne's dog. Um, and anyways, it was it was I don't know. It, somehow something else got to her. I, I don't know if it happened at my house or what. Um, probably did. I, I don't know. But um, she had a, cro- a litter of crossbred puppies. And um, she uh, they were black and tans. But um, <laughs> but these puppies. The black and tan came back that you traded for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's probably what it is, truth be known. <laughs> That would be that would be something, but my dad sent me a video of these pups when they were like nine weeks old, treeing on a coontail, and uh, I'm thinking that's kind of odd, you know. And and uh, so I kept a male pup out of that cross, and and that pup started treeing coons at like ten months old. He wasn't nothing special, boy. Had a big mouth. He treed coons. That was it. And, uh, but I knew I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. You know, I'm like, maybe she will reproduce pretty good. And then, and then when them puppies off of big money started early, I'm thinking, you know, maybe, maybe she'll reproduce pretty good. You know, and it's, it's not, I mean, obviously it's some of the male dog, but I'm a female guy. Like, honestly, like I, I, I believe without a doubt, I feel like that, you know, 60% of it's a good female. I feel like if you have a good female that's bred right and that can reproduce, you could breed her to a cur dog and they'll be coon dogs, you know? It's interesting how people think about that. You know, some guys are like, oh, no, it's 100% the stud dog. And and then you don't have a lot of guys that say it's 100% the female. But then you'll have a lot of guys who are like, you know, I don't know. I, like Kind of like you are. Like, I'm going to say more 50, 60%. The female, she carries a she carries a big end of that load. And yeah, she does. I mean, she does. And, and, you know, but, I mean, look at Willie and Big Money and, and dogs like that. Like, they could breed – of course, they have a lot of puppies on the ground, but they are good reproducers. I mean, you know, I think, I mean, I'm not saying it's all the female by any means, but I feel like that's where you get those special litters, you know? Right. Um, you know, say if you, you know, you might get one or two good ones out of a litter, you know, out of just a mediocre female or whatever. But I feel like, man, if you breed, if there's a female that's a good, that's bred good, that's a good dog and she's a good reproducer, you know, out of eight puppies, six or seven of them's going to treat coons and three or four of them's going to be something special or has a chance to be, you know, I, I feel like that's, but you know, I'm not saying it's all the female by any means. I, I mean, it has a lot to do with the male dog, but I, myself personally, I feel like it's 60% the female. Right. So I'd be one of, I'd be one of the ones that agree with you. I'm a female, female guy myself. So, yeah. So what made you, and we're going to roll through this with who all you've bred her to, because she's been bred to, to three different stud dogs. You've got you got a lot of pups on the ground. I think she's got, what, 21 pups on the ground now? Yep, she's got 21 puppies. So you bred her to Big Money, you've bred her to Rodeo, and you've also, who's the third one you bred her to? Uh, Willie. Willie. Willie, that's it. That's right, Willie. That's right here in front of me. Big Money, Willie, and Rodeo. What made you go to Big Money first? Uh, so it wasn't long after we won the truck. And uh, I'll be honest with you. I was like, man, that'd be cool. Breed two truck winners together. And uh, so that's, that's what I did. I, I bred, we bred her, took her to Big Money. And, uh, you know, I, I thought, man, that, that would just be something cool. And thankfully it just worked out. It was just a luck deal. You know, I think, uh, you know, it was, 
it was a cross that that was at the time it was unique you really didn't kind of you didn't hear much of two truck winners being bred together um and uh you know and then of course when we won the ukc world hunt that world champion a world champion cross hadn't been made since insane jane x jr to my knowledge maybe it had been but at the that time was a big cross right there yeah man and i was like man that would be so cool to to breed two world champions together and uh you know of course jr gray he's a great guy and willie was starting to reproduce some really good dogs so but yeah i mean that was on the big money thing i i feel like it was just a just a me you know doing something that was different you know because it's something that at the time you didn't see a lot of you know but and then you turn around and followed it up with another world champion world champion with rodeo yeah yeah so then we we uh we brought her to uh, rodeo and and uh you know rodeo actually um the guy that raised rodeo um they they called him joker as a pup but i got to hunt with joker rodeo whatever you want to call him i got to hunt with him a lot when he was 11 12 months old the guy over here in northwest arkansas had him and uh man he was he was something special he was a barker but he was he was a coontrier even as a pup and uh you know of course when he won the world hunt with him i thought man it would be cool to to make that cross again um, you know, at the time we really didn't know what rodeo was going to reproduce like, uh, but man, he's, he's starting to throw some good puppies, you know, They're starting so, to come around. That's they are, you know, so it's, it's just been, it's just worked out. Luckily. I mean, um, all three that we have got puppies out of worked out for, we bred her a couple times to some different semen, um, that didn't, she didn't, she had one dead puppy a piece and, and I, I was kind of bummed about one of them. One of them, we, we bought some Z3 semen from Ryan Cross mm. and stuck in her. Um, mm. And uh, she had one dead puppy, man. And it was, it was sickening. I was like, man, this is, this is going to be awesome. You know, I, I'm so excited. Like that was one thing that I always, always, always wanted to breed her to was Z3 semen. Yep. And when we got that deal done with Ryan and we drove her to Tennessee and I, le I literally left her there for like a week and a half. They, they progesterone tested her, done everything right, surgically AI'd her, um, brought her back home. Uh, anyways, long story short, she ended up having one dead puppy, and, and it was just – it was a bad deal. But And then we brought her to Goose Semen right after he won the PKC World Hunt, and um, they AI'd her. Joe was awesome with the deal. He took her and, and kept her for like two and a half weeks at his house, and, and they AI'd her. Um, and just a, just another bad luck deal. She had one dead puppy. I mean, it was just both times are better to see and We just had bad luck. I think it was, you know, I think it was just a just a bad luck deal. You know, it just didn't work out like it's supposed to. You don't get a better man than Mister Joe Manning. No man, he's good. I, when I called him and told him what I wanted to breed her to, I I think he was more excited about it than I was. Yeah. Um, we went down to the Lone Star, and, and uh, he's like. I said, man, I said, you know, she's due to come in heat in like a week. You know, I can I can drive her down to you when she comes in heat. And he said, absolutely not. He said, bring her with you. He's like, we'll take care of her. And he's like, I know what she means to you. And, and man, like every day he would send me a picture of her on his couch. <laughs> like he, he literally took care of her better than I did. You know, he was he was absolutely hands down great with it. And all the guys that I ever read her to was great, you know, with it and about it. I mean, but uh, but yeah, Joe was Joe was awesome about it. Well, let's talk about some of the pups that came out of these different litters. Uh, let's start off with your first uh, cross that you made, which was big money. How many How many pups she had? She had five? Uh, no, I, big money or, she had eight. 
Eight, my bad. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking had, at the wrong letter. Yeah, she had eight out of big money. Um, uh, you got uh, – so like I kind of touched on earlier, I had um, – my pick of the litter was a dog that I called a millionaire. Um, and then I kept a female called Fit. And then Kevin got shot. Uh, there was another male dog that a young – that I sold a buddy of mine, um, Gerald Keener, south of here in Tahlequah. And he started him. And he sold him to Josh Woolman, and and I've lost track of the dog. I don't know where he's at. Um, I got I called UKC and got the records to see what dogs have won what. Um, and and he ain't a night champion, you know. So I don't know if he's still alive. I don't know nothing about him. Um, and then uh, I think there was one pup that was that didn't make it out of that litter that was dead. Um, and then uh, you got uh, there was another one in Arkansas that that the guy hunted her and hunted her and messed with her and she didn't make it. You know she she never. I think she tre- she trees a few coons, but I just don't think she's she's nothing great. You know, um, but uh, that litter was a good litter. You know, it turned out to be a good litter. Um, Courtney got shot in that litter too, um, and uh, I got I bought shot. So I so millionaire. Uh, the Colton Atwell owns him now. He called me um, when Millionaire was about five months old. Uh, he would go hunting Millionaire Wood. Uh, he hadn't treed yet. He would tree. You could make a drag 100 yards, and he would strike it, run him, tree it. Had a big mouth, pretty dog. I mean, big old pretty puppy. And he called me wanting to buy him, and, and I'm like, man, I would rather you see the female would go hunting. And she had treed a couple times with dogs, and I'm like, this might be dumb for me to say. I'm like, but I would rather you buy this female I'm like, I like the male dog better. He was my pick. You know, he's just pretty. He looked a lot like Emmy. And he's like, no, we want a male dog. We want a male dog. So they, they kept on me, and I priced him finally, and and, uh, and they bought him. But um, as a one-year-old, he got in the top six of Super Stakes. Uh, he's been in the the semifinals of the Missouri Pro Hunt. Uh, I think he's got three or four wins in UKC. Them boys don't hunt him in a bunch of hunts. Yeah. Um, honestly, they're just they're just pleasure hunters, and they like coon hunting. But that's that's a good dog. That's that is a very good dog. I I really really wish that that uh, I had him. Honestly, I mean he's he's everything you want in one. I'm like yeah, he's 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 a coon treer, but he's also a barker. Um, you know, but he barks about once every hundred yards. Got a big mouth. He's a he he's he's one of my favorite dogs out of that litter. To be completely honest with you. Um, so, anyways, they got him, and then Fit. I sold Fit to a boy over here uh, lives close to me. His name's Hunter Chancer, a good buddy of mine, um, and uh, she's close to a PKC champion. If she isn't, I know she's right around there. But again, he never put her in a bunch of hunts. Um, he's got like three or four wins in UKC with her, um, and then, uh, uh, but uh, she, I think she won a couple casts at Super Stakes too. So I, I think she is a PKC champion. Um, and then, uh, you know, and then there's Shot. I ended up buying Shot back. Um, so Shot got Kevin. Long story short, Kevin traded Shot to Bradley Kelly um, for money in the bank. And I think he gave him money too. I'm not sure all that worked. But, anyways, I ended up buying him back from Bradley Kelly as I think he was 10 months old and I bought him back. Um, I think he'd treat a coon or two for Bradley. Um, when I got him, I, I hunted him for probably two weeks before he ever treated a coon for me. But, um, but it was, it was, it was, uh, one of them deals. I mean, he was, he was, I, I, I got lucky when I found him. Um, Bradley posted him and, and uh, I called Bradley about him and, and, uh, 
I just bought him, you know. Um, Here in those uh, two weeks, you weren't thinking you were lucky, though. No, no, he he I, he was. I think he treated a lot of squirrels when he when he was young, and I think that he would make trees, uh, but he he was treating a lot of squirrels. Hey, I'm gonna jump in here, though, and and say one thing is that we need to make it a point, Basham, to get Bradley Kelly on this podcast because that Joker is a good as pup man as anybody else that I know. He's had a lot of good ones come through his house. And you, like yeah, you said, yeah. you got you had world champion money in the bank. He called him Duke. I hunted with him whenever he called him Duke. You got shot. There's um, the Indiana Hannah dog. There's just a lot of good dogs that have come out of Bradley Kelly's house. And he's just a quiet guy. He don't take the mic, but... I think that I think that'd be a good one. So let's put that under our hat for a future podcast. Definitely. But yeah, we I got shot uh, when he's 10, 10 months old, and and uh, it, he was just like his mama. He was aggravating, man. He was an aggravating dog, and but it just worked out. You know, he's he's been good to me and my family. You know, so. Um, but uh, but yeah, that litter was a great litter. I mean, that litter turned out great. I think. I mean, um, the ones that got that have been put in the hunts of one, you know, like I said, it's just kind of a deal where the, most of the guys just haven't pushed them. Like I did shot, you know, um, the millionaire dog guy, I feel like without a doubt, he's got the tools that it takes to win just as much as my dog has, you know, but them guys just, they just coon hunt, you know, and, and, uh, the only, I think he took him to his two year old super stakes too. Um, he won a couple other rounds. He didn't win late. Um, uh, but, uh, but then he didn't take him as a three-year-old. But fit same way. Fit was fit was a nice female. Um, she had her quirks like all of them did, you know, on that litter. But she was a good one. Speaking of shot, and uh, he won a truck too. You got them parked uh, side by side outside. <laughs> no, I actually don't. I uh, so the one I won with Emmy, um, I give it to my dad. My dad drove it for a while. Um, he I I was lucky, blessed. I had a good truck at the time, and my dad. You know, he, his vehicle was giving him problems, and, and I told him, I'm like, man, I'm like, just take this truck and drive it. I'm like, you can have it. I'm like, do what you want to do with it. And he didn't want to take it. You know how that deal goes. But yeah. uh, ultimately, man, he, he drove it for a while, and, and uh, he got to where he, he bought him a nice vehicle too, you know. And, and he come back to me, and he's like, hey, you know, what are you going to do with this truck? And and uh, I'm like, well, I'm like, if, if you don't want to use it no more, I'm like, we sell it and we can do whatever you want. So anyways, he sold it and, uh, turned it in. I, he, he put the money in my account, you know, but, um, it, it's funny. Uh, the, my, so my mom and dad, get, they're not together. Um, but my dad, uh, he knows my mom's husband and, and, uh, works with him at the same dog food plant. They get along, um, and everything, but, um, he's the one who bought the truck was my mom's husband. So the truck state has kind of stayed in the family. So it's, it's cool to see, you know, uh, um, but I, 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 uh, I, I'm keeping the one that, that I won with shot, but, uh, I, uh, but yeah, yeah, I, uh, it's, it's cool. It's, it's a cool thing, man. I, I never in a million years would have imagined that, uh, that, that would ever happen. I, you know, I, I knew, I knew that shot was just like Emmy, the good and the bad. I, I seen both in him and I'm not saying that I didn't feel like he was going to win nothing big, but I just, you know, at the time I'm like, there's just, this is crazy, man. There ain't no way that I'm going to win two trucks. And, and, but you know, this sport has been a blessing to me, man. I'm telling you, God has blessed me beyond measure. I, I can't, I can't express just how thankful and blessed I am because of, of these dogs, man. It's crazy as a kid. When I got into this sport, you'd have told me that it would have made me what I am today and, and bless me like it has, I'd be like, there's no way. 
Um, but it's it's just amazing, man. It's it's I'm very 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 humble and very blessed for it because, it, you know, at the end of the day, man, it's it's a uh, there's a million people that would love to be in my shoes, and I just can't thank thank God enough for for allowing me to 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 you know just to be blessed like I've been. It's 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 unreal good. I mean, it's it's cool. It really is. Definitely well said. Well said. Uh, so we move on from the uh, money litter and we go into it looks like uh, probably your most productive litter, and uh, that is uh, the litter when you bred her to Willie. Let's talk about those pups. We all know that canines can take us to some wild places, and some of those are only accessible by an off-road vehicle. No matter how hard you try to maintain your ride, something is bound to break on one of your adventures. When you find yourself looking for replacement parts, or maybe even a few upgraded parts to further try and prevent a breakdown, look no further than Never Satisfied Off-Road. Joey Goforth is the proud new owner of Never Satisfied Off-Road and is ready to serve you. Performance accessories such as lift kits, portals, tires, and more can all be found at Never Satisfied Off-Road. Located in Covington, Tennessee, the team at Never Satisfied Off-Road is ready to ship parts and accessories for your ride anywhere in the country. As their new website is currently being built, be sure to follow them on Facebook at Never Satisfied Off-Road 23 to keep up to date on the hottest items and sales. Give them a call at 731-693-9921 to place your order and get your ride ready to follow your canine wherever they may take you. Are you ready for the best part though? Mention that you heard this ad on the Simper Doggin podcast and you will receive a Simper Doggin approved listener discount. Yeah, man. So, you know, uh, that litter, a lot of people ask me like, hey, what, what litter is the best? I'm like, man, I, I honestly couldn't tell you. But that litter there, uh, I feel like on paper is probably the best litter, but as a litter as a whole. Um, you know, uh, they, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of eye popping, uh, stats as far as that litter goes, as far yeah, as on absolutely. paper. Yeah, absolutely. Hands down. I mean, uh, you know, Terry Bennett, um, and David Griner, I think they ended up with like three or four of them. Um, so the one that I kept, I started her. I, I'll be honest with you. I absolutely hated her. <laughs> I hated her. And that, that might be bad of me to say, but she was my pick of the litter and I hated Where was her. her patience. Yep, my patience was not there with that one. Uh, just, just I, I just did not like her. But um, so Terry, I called Terry and I'm like, hey, you know, do you want this female? I'm like, I'll be honest with you, I don't think she's gonna make a dog, Terry. And uh, I'm like, but you know, she's bred good, and and you could breed her to something, get pups out of her. I'm like, but I, I don't believe in that. You know, I'm like, if if they ain't gonna suit me, I'm not gonna breed them to nothing. And uh, so anyways, Terry bought her back. But yeah, that litter is awesome, man. You got you got 4X Floyd. Terry Bennett owns him and he's a gold champion in PKC and, and uh been in the top sixteen of the pro sport truck hunt twice. Um, you know, of course he's a Grand Knight champion. Um uh he's uh been in the top one hundred of the UKC world a couple times. Uh then you then you got uh, the four X Willie dog that David Saunders owns and uh, that dog's a night champion at least. Um and I think they, his boy won the state youth hunt with him, and that's a good dog, too. Uh, then you got uh, Scar, uh, J.R., uh, Ellis' is female, and 
man, them guys have done really good with her. They've they've pushed her, and she's a very nice female. Um, probably one of the best ones that you can ask to draw, you know, when she's on. But it sounds to me like she's a lot like her mama, you know. I don't hunt with her every night, but JR's kind of told me her flaws and, and sounds to me a lot like Emmy when she was, you know, two or three year old. And But, uh, you know, heck, they won Walker Days with her and, and uh, you know, got her in the finals of Autumn Oaks and almost won the Triple Crown with her. I mean, um, you know, so – Got beat out by their own dog. Yeah, by, by their own dog. Them lucky guys, I tell you, I, that's crazy. Them guys there. But, uh, but, yeah, no, that litter was awesome, you know. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm probably forgetting, you know, a puppy or two out of that cross that made good dogs. You got, you got Game Changer in there, too. Game Changer, yeah. So, Game Changer, I think that dog's got about every title you can have in UKC. Them boys, they water race him and they hunt him. And I actually hunted him for – for Johnny at Autumn Oaks uh, last year and won my cast in the championship deal and the night hunt. And then, uh, and then he didn't do no good on the bench. So, but he's, he won his cast there. And, and, we know uh, that lane cause, uh, the yeah, know, high dollar whiskey. Yeah, I know. Oh, 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 a hired show hand right there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that dog's a good dog too. Um, the freaky female that, they call freaky now. I called her freckles. That was one I kept that I didn't like. Uh, she they they had patients that I didn't have, and when she was about fifteen months old, she turned the light switch on and went to Trin Coons, and you know they've made her a night champion by now, and and uh, you know I think she might even be a grand night champion, but um, you know so so she's a nice female too. I've heard from several people that she's she's turned out to be a good female, um, but yeah that that cross there man it it's awesome you know yeah, it then. Them guys done great with that cross. I, you know, that cross alone, uh, you know, is is you know, Emmy. She's on the uh, the uh, all or the current female reproducers list in UKC, and I, I mean, gotta tip my hat off to them guys because that without that cross and without them guys pushing that cross like they have, she wouldn't be on there, you know. Um, but uh, but yeah, them guys have done great with that litter. Every one of them, it would just worked out. The ones that made it have, have had a chance to, to be putting some cash, you know. So it's uh, that was an awesome, awesome deal. Definitely. And that moves us right along to the very last one and uh, probably the one that's not been pushed as much as the other ones, and uh, that's the rodeo litter. Yeah, so I'll be honest with you, man. One thing describes that litter, and that's bad luck. That litter there. Uh, so the, the rodeo bulldog of Alan Pinkston's, um, he lives that lives in, uh, North central Arkansas. And, uh, you know, that dog's one, he's been in the, the quarterfinals of the UKC world hunt. Um, he got, I don't think he meant the top 100, but he's a night champion. He's got his money one for the super stakes and, um, all that. But, uh, that's a good dog. Um, uh, Scott Ingalls pick. I've actually got Scott Ingalls dog at my house right now. Um, they call him time. Um, and uh, with a little bit of time, I mean, no pun intended, that dog, but he'll be, he'll be, Scott will do some damage with him. Um, and then the one that I kept, um, hands down, I'm not just saying this because she was mine, but she was the best one-year-old I've ever had at my house. Um, she was, I had won her money for super stakes. She was about 13, 14 months old. Uh, she was bad about climbing trees. Um, she fell out of a tree, uh, took her to my vet, uh, you know, she, she didn't make it, you know, she, she passed away and, and I'm telling you, man, that one hurt because she was, 
she was absolutely the best one-year-old I've ever had, ever, hands down. Done everything, uh, you know, everything you can ask. Moved around good, dead loner, had coons when she treed, all natural ability, just like her mama was. And I was, man, I was I was pumped up about that deal, you know, and that just that took the wind out of me when we lost her. But she was a good one. I mean, um, and then, uh, you know, there was – I've got a male dog, too, that me and James Perryman's part of, partner's on. He's at James's house. He trees coons. He's never been in a cast, you know. She only had five in that litter. Um, and, you know, just bad luck has been been with that litter. But, uh, you know, I, I think I think the ones that are live, I feel like, uh, you know, I feel like you're going to – you'll start hearing about them. Um, you know, I, I know the, the one that Scott's got here at the house. I've been hunting him and a little bit for him. Uh, you know, he was kind of blown up when I got him, and, and I'll be honest with you, I laid him up for a little while and just started hunting him and letting him be a dog again, and he's starting to tree coons, and he's got some good tools too. So that's a good litter too, just kind of a bad luck deal with it. Man, you said you you said something there that I told you in the beginning of this podcast I wanted to go back and, and cover. You said when you got him, he was kind of blown up, and you've just put him up, you've let him be a coon dog, and you're doing your thing. And you did that with shock. So go back for me, just back step a little bit here and tell us what happened. Cause there for a while you were winning everything that you put shot in. I mean, he's got over 80 something thousand dollars won in PKC. You know, he's won a truck. You, you've done some damage with that dog, but there for a while, yep. then, but then it seemed like he did. It seemed like he kind of blew up and every, you guys are just catching a bad break or bad luck and couldn't win a cast. And I remember last winter, you said you just went back to the basics. You just started coon hunting him and letting him be a dog again. Just walk me through that because that's something that I personally need to learn how to do is learn when to take your foot off the gas and just coast. Yeah. So, man, we, we're all guilty of it, man. We're all competitive. Uh, we all want to win bad, you know, and, and I feel like a lot of times, of course, every dog's different. Some dogs can handle it. Some dogs can't. But I feel like we put too much pressure on these dogs sometimes. Um, and, uh, so, you know, as, as a, uh, so I guess back up the summer before last winter, um, we run the PKC state race with him. Uh, we was actually like second in the national mail race for a long time. We was, I Craney was running it too. And, and you, I learned right then and there, one man cannot run the national race. You can't do it. You'll wear yourself and your dog plumb into the dirt. And ultimately, that's what happened, man. It was I, I put the dog in too many casts trying to win a national mail race with him, and um, and uh, by the end of the year, he was he was what I like to call cast stale. I mean, that dog knew when he was in a cast. You could pleasure hunt that dog after a cast, and he would perform just great, hands down. But you line him up against three other dogs, you know, and cut him loose in a cast, he would still treat coons for you. But he spent 45 minutes, uh, if it was an hour of cast, he spent 45 minutes of the hour trying to get away from dogs. Um, and uh, so, you know, I just – he was just – he was burnt out. Like, he, I hauled him too much and put too much pressure on him. I wasn't pleasure hunting him like I needed to be. Um, so I, I told myself, uh, you know, my father-in-law, they live in, in north-central Kansas, and they got some hands-awesome coon hunting. And he's good with dogs. Um, and we would go up there once or twice a month. And I told myself, I'm like, I'm not after this, after October, I'm not putting my dog in any cast. I'm just going to pleasure hunt him. And we went up there, man. And, and, uh, you know, like I said, we go up there twice a month. Of course I hunted him around here too, but up there, 
we got him in scenarios to where we couldn't get him down here because the coon population is way better up there. But long story short, we, we let him just be a dog all winter. We I, I literally just turned that dog loose, um, you know, just shot coons to him and, and uh, just let him be a dog. And, and you know, we he went, through a st- he went through a spell there. The biggest flaw in the dog when he what he was doing in the summertime was if dogs covered him, he would just pack up and leave. Um, you know, they didn't have to get rough with him. They didn't have to make an off bark. He just didn't want to be around another dog. And so, man, I took him up there, and, and we would literally, like, it just worked out a couple times. My father-in-law was hunting a young dog that would cover a little bit, and finally one night I got in there to him when the dog covered him, shot the coon out to him. That's something I never do. I mean, that's a, that's something I'll never, ever do hardly is is kill it now when the dog's six years old or whatever. He ain't going to do no, nothing different. But I don't believe in killing coons and dogs when they're treated together. Um, and I killed this, killed a couple of coons, same when a dog would cover him, and but uh, got him over that, and I just caught pleasure on him. Killed uh, if he treated forty coons, and you know, in a month he'd get forty of them. I mean, uh, you know, I, I uh, that's something that I never really have been big about. Um, but that opened my eyes. I feel like that's the best way to hit the reset button on a dog, so to speak, is is just turn them loose, let them be a dog, and kill them coons to them. And that's what I did, you know, and, and uh, you know, thankfully he, he mentally, he, he, he matured mentally. And, and I always said if the dog would ever mature mentally, you know, he, he was always a good dog. He always had the coon train ability, you know, the ability to move around good. Um, you know, he, he was a dead loner. I mean, he had all the tools of what I looked for one in one, but he just mentally – you could tell he wasn't mentally mature. Some nights he was there and some nights he wasn't, just kind of like a little kid, you know, in school, I guess. But, um, you know, and, and mentally that winter he mentally matured and, and we just got back to the basics with him. And, and I literally just coon hunted him all winter and, and just let him be a dog. But, um, you know, I think that pro sport truck hunt that was about an hour from my house that February, I think it was, was the first hunt we put him in after just hunting him all winter and, and man, the dog was, he, he, he was doing things that he never done. When he was a young dog before this, he treated a lot of coons. But like I said, he spent a lot of time trying to get as far away from dogs as he could. Um, you know, now he's not going to cover dogs. He ain't going to do none of that. But that winter, man, he, he picked up a tool that I've never had in a dog, even an Emmy. Uh, he, he might be a half a mile off the, the first tree of the night. But if he was in a patch of woods or there was three coons right there by him, he would tree all three of them off the Rico. I mean, just bang, bang, bang. And, uh, you know, I think that ultimately, you know, I think that was just part of that maturing mentally. But, you know, I, I think that all of that has to account to that. I feel like we sometimes, man, we get caught up in hunting them in the hunts and winning and beating on them and whooping on them and, you know, shocking on them. And, and I mean, instead of just letting them be a dog sometimes, you know, I mean, let them enjoy it. I mean, I think that's that's an important deal. A lot of people, as myself, I still to this day, you know, I, I get caught up in, in trying to make one a winner, trying to make one a winner, trying to hunt hard and do this and do that. And ultimately, especially when they're young, and some dogs can take it. Look at Meltdown. Meltdown, man, you could shock him and beat him and do whatever you want to do to that dog. And when you cut him loose, it didn't matter what you was doing. You could run enough electricity through that dog Dustin did to probably light up the town of Dallas. Um, but that dog, man, he could take it, you know, and, and some of them can, but very few of them can. 
And that that's something that I did literally last night. I was telling you about that story earlier is me and my little pup. Now, she's 17 months old now, maybe. Don't hold me at the stake on that one. Um, but she, it's taken her longer to mentally mature than I would expect for one to. She's coming along and she's training coons, but the last few nights, we just haven't been clicking together. We've been butting heads. And I went out last night knowing good and well that I'm getting ready to be gone for a week. And I put the T5 on her. That way there was no way I could do... When when I get in them moods and I'm frustrated, I, I can't hit the button. Put a T5 on them, let them be a dog, you know. That's just something that I had to do. Yeah, best thing to do sometimes, turn them loose, get back in the truck. <laughs> I mean, because, I mean, if uh, I've done it several nights, especially on young dogs, man. Just been so mad, and I knew, man, I, I'm just going to whoop them. I, when I get to that tree, they're going to take it. And, uh, man, just – you know, just calm down and, and just just uh, let them be a dog. I mean, I, you know, it's it's crazy. Sometimes the, you know, I, I there was something that somebody told me one time in college. I was on a livestock judging team as our coach. He said, "Kiss the kiss method. Keep it simple, stupid." And sometimes that's the best thing you can do. Yep. Hey, that, what I tell you, Bryce? I mean, look out, look out for old Spot. You know, me and Bryce, me and Bryce went out and uh, had a good weekend a couple weekends ago, and. Uh, I told him kind of the same thing. I haven't hit a competition hunt in uh, two and a half months now. And uh, I'm just, it's just me and one dog. And anybody that knows me knows usually whenever I roll up, I got a dog box trailer and I'll have six or seven. And uh, uh, it's just me and one dog. And uh, not just for him, sometimes as handlers, we need a reset button because we get we get so running up and down the road and you get so focused on a goal on winning and when it all comes crumbling down you need a reset button you need to go back to your roots and figure out why why do i even coon hunt why do i even do this you know and sometimes i feel like that not only the dog needs it but the handler needs that reset button too yeah, absolutely. I'm 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 kind of different, you know. The most guys they could they could take away all the competition hunts tomorrow, and I would still coon hunt. Uh, now, would I hunt a different type of dog? Absolutely. I don't think I would have a big wild dead no. lonely type of dog. No. I'd I'd use I don't you know. I mean, I would just want something that would go treat coons, you know. And and uh, but you know, I, I I'm just a coon hunter. I I ultimately I got into this sport because man, I, I love dogs. I love the competition side of it, but there's several guys that I know, man, they'll be honest with you. They'll be like, the only reason why I do this is the competition. And, and ultimately, I feel like that, you know, a lot of times, you know, if that's the only reason why you're in it, man, it's 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 you're going to want to get burnt out on it because you're going to go through slumps. Your dog's going to look bad. You know, you as a handler, you're not going to be able to get on the same page as the dog. And I've been there. I've done it all. And, and I know, like, you know, it's it's – Sometimes you, you just got to take a step back and, and say, man, I'm just going to go coon hunt tonight. Like, I, I'm just going to load my dog up, literally not even look at my garment. I'm just going to sit on my tailgate and listen to my dog tree. And, and, and that's, that's, that's what got me into it, you know, was the sound of the dog. I mean, so, uh, you know, it was uh, – yeah, absolutely, I agree with you 100%. I mean, we as, we, as, we as handlers and houndsmen, we have to have a reset button too, just like athletes do, you know. And that's why we wanted to bring you on here. It, it, and that's kind of what embodies Simper Doggin, always dogging. 
And it's not just about one training style doesn't fit every single dog. It's about that mutual uh, bond between that houndsman and that dog. You know, it's your feelings going down that leash into that dog, being able to understand the dog and the change of behaviors before it ever happens, you know, into an actual result. And uh, like I said, that's why we wanted to bring you on here is because it's a passion of not just competing, but having a dog, training a dog, being friends with the dog, being buddies with the dog, and ultimately just living life, chasing dogs and, and training them. Yeah, absolutely, man. I tell you, I've always said it. Uh, you know, I feel like you, you, if you really want to see a dog perform and to look as good as he can look, uh, you know, you won't see that until you respect that dog as much as he respects you. And, uh, you know, I feel like whenever you get a dog to perform for you, not only for his own pleasure, but for your pleasure, that dog, man, is, is going to – he will absolutely perform 100% better in, from my experience. You'll uh, get more hard out of a dog. Absolutely. Every dog that I've ever been successful with, Emmy was that way, shots that way. Uh, this this pup out of shot that I've got high hopes for, he's that way too, um, you know. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's that's what it's all about. It's it's uh, at the end of the day, we all do this because we love it. We don't do it because we're trying to get rich. We don't do it because, well, you can make a million dollars coon. I'm sure there's a lot of money to be hunted for today. But at the end of the day, you know, we we do this because we really truly enjoy it. Now I'm. There's, you know, there's times where when we when we're on a losing streak, when we're upset. But I'm telling you right now, if it don't eat you alive when you lose, then you, then go find something else to do. Because um, you're not passionate. Yeah, you're not passionate about it. Absolutely, you've got to have that fire. I mean, you know, uh, sure. I've I learned a long time ago. You got to be a good winner to be an excellent win, or you got to be a good loser to be an excellent winner. Um, and uh, you know, you got to learn how to lose as well as you do win but at the end of the day i mean if anybody tells you yeah i enjoy losing they're lying to you i mean because especially if they're competitive you know and i can't say i've always been a good loser though we're, we're working on that we're working on hey, that we, we let's not talk about that that's the elephant in the room let's not talk about yeah that. yeah i mean that's that's all of us you know we gotta we i had to learn when i was a kid man i'll tell you right now i was a handful um you know but, i'm not uh, a kid lane <laughs> uh you know i've learned though you know i mean it is what it is that you know it's at the end of the day you you just you gotta enjoy it i mean um you know but uh it's 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 crazy you know like i said it's it's it, this sport there's so much opportunities for it um you know but you have to be passionate about it just like an athlete is about his sport he plays you know i feel like you know because when times get tough you know and there's there's it's especially in coon hunting because when you're out there hunting six seven nights a week, there ain't a fan base watching you do that. There's not somebody saying, "Yeah, you're doing good, keep it up." You know, uh, it's just you and nature out there. You know, and and uh, th there's you know you've got to really enjoy what you do, especially in this sport, or, or it's gonna get tough and you'll want to quit. You know, but yeah, for sure. Well, buddy, you know we've got. We went through here and talked a little bit about Emmy and, and how you raised her, trained her, went all the way to the top with her. You, then you've got a pup out of her that you took to the top again. 
uh, on many, many levels. And now you're working on a third generation pup. Is is that pup what's next for you? Is that what's going on? You've got Emmy, I'm, I'm assuming retired now at 11 years old. Yeah, yeah. She uh, right now as we speak, she's, she, she stays at my dad's house. She's probably sleeping on my dad's couch right now. Um, so she's definitely retired. My dad, he coon hunts. Like I said, when he was a kid, he coon hunted. He don't hunt. He works too much now, but you know, during the winter, he'll hunt a little bit and he'll want to go and he'll just take him in and, you know, hunter. But, uh, you know, I, I tell you, man, I, I've been so blessed. It, it's crazy to think how blessed I have been. Um, especially to think that, you know, I've been doing it since I was 12. Uh, you know, I've had Emmy since, you know, she was a year old. So since 2013 and now I'm, you know, Hopefully I'll have the third generation, you know, coming up with this pup off shop. But man, I, yeah, I really like him. Uh, he's got he's got some tools, and if he'll hang in there with me, I know he's a baby, uh, but you know he he uh, if he'll hang with me, I, I think that dog of people will be hearing about him. Hopefully with a little luck. Um, but you know it's it's been a blessing. It's unreal how how good God's been to me and how great these dogs have been to my family. You got any uh, future? I know she's 11 years old, but uh, I know it's in the back of your mind too. Uh, any, any future plans on one last uh, one last litter? Well, uh, not very many people know this, um, but uh, breaking news! Breaking yeah, news! Here yeah. we go. Um, but so last year, um, so two. Well, let me think. Of what so the litter before we bred her to rodeo, she had a mask come up on her back. Um, Took her to the vet. They they cut it out. Said it's not cancerous. Sent it off. They're like, you're good to go. I'm like, can we breed her? Yeah, breed her. That's fine. Bred her. She had puppies. Raised all of them. Been an excellent mama. Uh, about I don't know, eight months ago probably. Um, we same mass come up. Took her to the vet. They're like, you know, it's not cancerous, but it has potential to become cancerous. Um, they're like, you know, if, if you don't have her spayed they can it can become cancerous and it's all to kill her so i uh, man that the dog did not owe me a freaking thing um she had been excellent to my family uh you know so we we made the decision to have her spayed and so no more unfortunately no more puppies will be coming out of her she's got what she's got so uh you know it, it's a sad thing and it sucks but you know i'm just blessed that she's still here you know at 11 years old Definitely coming 12 i mean you know and, and like i said she didn't owe me nothing if if it means i can get two more years of just her being around the family you know hopefully you know my wife and i hopefully we'll have kids in the, in the near future and if it means that that dog will be around those kids man it's sure have her spade i'm i'm fine with that you know it does suck because you know all, you always want to try to get one last litter out of them especially when they when the puppies has been as good to me as they were but Hopefully, uh, hopefully, kind of shot can can kind of take up the slack for on on that end of things. But yeah, so so unfortunately, no no more puppies out of her. Yeah, well, man, she's been like you said, you've said it a bunch on here. She's been just great to your family, and and the good Lord has blessed you in in everything that He's given you. And you know, I think all three of us sitting here on this podcast, we could say the same thing. You know, we've we've all had some good times in here, and we got to thank the good man above for it. So. Um, you got anything else you want to talk about, man? I, I hope you can listen to this here years down the road and think about all the good times you had with Emmy and the pups out of her, and we'll let you end her with whatever you got on your mind, buddy. Yeah, man. I, I just, uh, you know, I, I want to thank everybody that, uh, you know, this is kind of, this deal's kind of been all about Emmy. I want to thank everybody that's been there through her career for, with us, you know, and, uh, definitely got to thank Carl Reed. He hauled her and I around when we was a kid and both of us were just pups, so to speak. And, 
Um, that man right there has been good to me and my family too. Uh, he, he's, he's like a second dad to me, man. And, and, uh, but you know, and thank everybody. I just want to thank everybody that's kind of supported me over this deal. I mean, still to this day, I got people that call me and text me and, and, you know, Hey man, how you doing? And, and, you know, congratulate me when I get lucky and am successful. And, you know, it's, it's just been a, a major blessing, you know, and it, and like you said, man, it all comes from the good Lord and, and, you know, I'm not a perfect person. I'm just about as bad as the next person, you know, but I'm telling you, man, I count my blessings every single night and he has blessed me and my family beyond measure. Definitely got thank, you know, thankful for that. But, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, man. I, and one more thing, I just, my ultimate goal, people are still ask me this, you know, they're like, well, now that you're retired Emmy, what do you want out of her? And I'm like, she don't owe me nothing, but you know, what would put the cherry on the top of the cake, so to speak, is when she's dead and gone, if she gets inducted into the PKC Hall of Fame, um, you know, because, man, I, I feel like I'm biased and, and I don't brag on one enough. I don't think sometimes, but I've just always been that way. But, you know, I feel like that, that dog right there deserves it as much as any any dog. I mean, both performance and reproduction. I mean, uh, you know, and if she don't get it, that's fine. But, man, I just feel like just, just in my opinion, that's what it, that's the only thing I want left, you know, is is uh, somebody to vote her into the Hall of Fame, you know, and that would be that would be awesome to me. But it's 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 been a wonderful ride with her and, and these you shot and every other dog that I've been able to hunt with out of them. And like I said, I'm just blessed beyond measure. It's it's unreal how how good God has been to me and my family. Absolutely, Basham. You got anything to wrap us up here, brother man? No, I think. Uh... Man, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna leave it to the professional there and uh, let him in this segment. Shoot, just he to... sounded, uh, he sounded awfully good saying it. So uh, I'm just gonna leave it all at that. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Lane, man, great guest and great to have you on here. Great friend, um, love watching you compete and the level that you do. Love seeing everything you got going on. Uh, always in your corner, man. So, so thanks for joining us, Lane, man. It's been been a great, great time. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the Semper Dog and Podcast. Um, we hope you'll continue to stay on this journey with us. Uh, we've got a lot in the works. We've got a lot coming down the pipeline. Uh, Basham and I, we're dreamers, man. We've got big, big visions for this thing. Big dreams. And, and like, man, go ahead, Lane. I want to thank you guys, too, for having me on this deal. You know, I, uh, I always enjoy doing podcasts just because I like talking to people. And I consider you two my friends, you know, so it's just like I'm sitting down here talking to my buddies. And, I, that's you guys do awesome with this and and i hope and pray for you guys man it just takes off because both y'all you know y you guys are good to good together so to speak uh but, uh but uh you know you guys uh you guys both man you guys do good with this thing hopefully it'll it'll be awesome for you yeah man we sure appreciate that and like i said you know guys we, we've got big visions for this and and like lane said about his pub if you guys would just stay with us just stay with us it's it's bound to be something good so make sure you guys check out our awesome sponsors. They've been they've been really good to us and supporting us in this new endeavor. Um, we hope we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we we've just got a lot coming on. We're having a lot of fun doing this. So Basham Lane, once again, thanks guys um, for joining me tonight. And listeners, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook page, the Simper Dog and Podcast. You can go over there. You can uh, interact with us over there. Drop some pictures of you and your dogs. Give us some uh, topics on what you guys want to hear about. Tell us if we did good. Tell us if we sucked. We like to hear it all. But it's it's a good it's a good community Facebook page. Uh, everybody can go over there and kind of hang out and chat and and just be one another and enjoy the dogs. So, guys, until next time, keep dogging. <laughs>